Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends to discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be salty, can be bitter, can be spicy, can be acidic, can be so many things, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hi. Hello. What a show. What a ending. What a closure. What a full circle moment for us as we finally finally i uh, get to be at the end of 90 day fiance happily ever after this is season seven this was the tell all part four it really was no limits uh we're done thank god well yeah i mean yeah uh it was episode 21 if you guys want to if you guys were counting if you're counting no it's 21 episodes which usually indicates that it was 21 weeks and if we divide 20 into four, that's five. So, 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 so five that's months? five, that's five months. That's five months in one week. Wait, we've been talking about this show for five months? Is, wait, that feels, that feels cr- like the math, no? Correct. I mean, listen, no, yeah, we were, we were both theater majors, so we're not going to rely let's, on our math skills, but it seems pretty chill that we- Let's just do that math. Let's, okay, okay a let's, month is four weeks. Yeah, that's true. So if no, we've got 20, okay, let's just, not even 21, let's just say 20 weeks. Yeah. And we divide that into four, which we know that four equals one month. The answer is five. It is five. Now I, I get that. Now I see how that works. Wow. So, so, I mean, and maybe we got one- week off maybe did we get chris yeah we got we did didn't we get like new year's eve off or something we got one of them off right so that means that it was exactly five months that's Shit. almost half a year that is yeah 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 i mean yeah wow guys can you believe it can we we've been on such a journey we've almost made a baby but not really but kind of you know what i'm saying i'm not quite sure but this is how So this is how it starts. So we knew that Michael had been obviously, you know, on the ire side of the entire cast as it's revealed that he had cheated on Angela and therefore Angela for some reason now had been justified in the years long abuse we've seen of Michael because in fact, A, he cheated on her and B, then it becomes this like other mild story of that she covers for him that in fact she is such a loyal girl that there has been things we don't know about michael that she has withheld and then taken like abuse from from the listeners okay so michael having been confronted about the social media thing and it's revealed that it's very obvious that him and usman would be in the exact same hotel because that's where production would be and why would they not uh, centralize production because obviously American people don't always just be in Nigeria and they're, they're not made of money. So makes sense that both men would be in the same hotel because they have to film this thing. They can't set up two studios. So uh, then Michael, you know, knowing where Usman is, walks over to Usman's little study area or whatever they studio and he knocks and then Usman uh, opens it and he's just like, fuck off. And it was such a funny thing to me because it's like, you walked over to him to knock and say, fuck off. Like, you know, it isn't like, fuck you, I'm going to get at you. Fuck off means like, don't deal with me anymore. So it's like, but like you literally brought yourself to this person's space to be like, 
fuck off. It's just LOL. But also, thank you, producers. Uh, Wa? Yeah, so he's like, my wife doesn't want me on social media because of what I have done. And I ask you for to respect her. And then Usman's like, listen, first of all, your wife knows that I am smarter than you. <gasps> so, uh, and I can influence you. So you have lied to me. And so I defended you. And now that I see that you are not honest with your wife, that you are cheating on her and you are like a child and I cannot be trust, control yourself on social media. So all I ask for you, so then you know, Michael's like, please respect my wife, respect her. You know, if she says anything to you, do not answer. Respect me and respect her and don't do anything to my wife. And Usman goes, listen, if someone says something to me, I will die to defend myself. Okay? That's just all that it is. And so Michael goes, okay, just respect her and respect me. And then they walk away. And it's like they come to some kind of fucking consensus. Girl, we don't know. No, so that's their yes. little moment in Nigeria. There's That's that little moment in Nigeria that we get from them. That is the opener of the scene. And then at the end, they're like, God bless you. Okay, same for you, sir. God bless you. <laughs> I love it. You know, like I would, I really want a hundo percent a scene of them in Nigeria, I want to see them at a club together. I want to see, like, I want to see them interacting more than this. I want to see, like, their friends around each other. I want to see Michael's friends, all of those, you know, gobbly ghouls and or whatever. I forgot what, what Angela calls Google them. Boys, um, goofy, goofy, goofy goofballs, goofballs. Yeah, I don't know what I called them, but gobbly ghouls. I don't know, but goofballs. And then uh, all of Usman's like record friends. Like, I want to see them like in a bar setting and how they would look at each other and like would they be friends or like you know no. if they. I don't think so either. I don't want yeah. to see it is what I'm saying. Um, so then we get right back to the studio, honey. And this is an LOL thing. So Kimberly and, and uh, Yara are walking together. And Kimberly, God bless, you know, she's like living a life at 52. And Yara is like 20 nothing, honey, just like Ukrainian. And I mean, Kimberly is walking, honey. And she's like, we're getting back to this studio, honey. It's like a soul train in here because they're like walking up. And he's like, she's like, Yara, you know, like soul trade. And Yara's like, no, no, not at all. Like you, I'm not American and I'm young. And like, nope, this reference is lost on me. You can absolutely find Jenny or find Angela for that reference. It's going to be, whoosh, not here, honey. It's not here. Words below. There's literally other people you could have said this to that would have like, yep. And it's, it's not me, you know, not me. You but know? the way she's so like. No, I don't know. Stupid. Shut up. Like, that's just kind of the energy. It was weird. So then we go into where we talk about Yara having a breast implant and how um, Jovi was against it in the beginning because he felt like she was being influenced. But now that he sees them, he's no longer worried about her boobs. And Angela has to jump in because uh, Yara went to her doctor, the the African gentleman that she likes to flirt with, and got her boobs done. And and he's like, um, uh, Angela's like, oh, you can't bite the nipples. And I'm like, Angela... You haven't seen your husband. You've seen your husband one time since you got your breasts augmented. What do, how do you know about biting nipples? How, what, what, what is that in reference to? You've been healed for a year since before you saw your husband or six months or whatever. Maybe she can't bite her own, you know? Maybe she's like, you know, like she's been thinking, you know, it's like it still hurts. I liked, I thought about that. Like, does did that doctor just DM every one of the cast members and was like, hey, do you want a nose job? Hey, you could use a boob job. Hey, do you want to fit? You know, like, is it just a thing where it's like, 
Yara definitely on her Instagram has a Instagram post with the doctor, obviously tagged him. You know, everything is on some sort of ad situation. You know, she, whatever, she probably didn't pay for that or whatever. God bless. It's just so interesting. Yeah. That doctors would be like, oh, this is this people on a reality show. I'll just reach out and give them, give them free plastic surgery. It's so funny. Yeah. And uh, Angela's like, yeah, I'm the queen. I don't know how you didn't reach out to me and ask me. And Yara's like, cause you probably hit me and called me names. <laughs> and we're like, uh, yeah, and then yeah. Yara was like, yes, it's true. I went to the same doctor as that woman over there. Yara is very specific in choosing to say right after Angela has called herself queen that Yara's like, mm -hmm, that woman over there. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yara does not give one F. I love you know it. What I, you know what I found to be so interesting is that whoever is editing these sh this show like really is zoning in on their middle-aged audience because Angela and Ed keep getting all of the asides. Like their voices are being heard over all of the other cast members. Like it, it is especially clear when everyone's trying to tell Ed to shut up. Like it's clear that the cast does not respect Ed or Angela to a certain extent and way more Ed. Yet the way that the producers have edited this, it is it is making it seem like the rest of the cast members are just docile and letting Ed talk. And I'm like, no, they're talking. Producers have just lowered their mic and have allowed Ed's mic to be louder completely. Like this, this show is for the Kimbalis of the 90 day fiance world. Us younger folk, us bebes who watch this show um, are like, we don't want to hear Ed. In fact, take off his mic. In fact, why aren't you listening to the rest of the cast when we say we don't want to like, talk or deal with Ed, but they're like, you know, who's our bread and butter? The late forties, early fifties. And they want more Ed and they want more Angela. So we're going to give it to them. Um, anyways, like that, I don't know if you noticed that in the edit editing, it just got overwhelming to me. And I, I, I I'm going to be honest with you. The last maybe 15 minutes of this, I was puttering around doing stuff. Same. So I really don't know what happened because they insist on talking about Ed and yeah. Angela to, to a degree that is unnecessary. Yes. Um, that's true. Yeah. So Jovi, we didn't have a whole thing where Jovi went to Africa, apparently. And I'm like, oh, Jovi went to Safari. What does he do for work? I would like to go for to Safari in Africa and South Africa. But he left Yara six weeks or four, 10 days, 10 days after her surgery. And everyone jumps on him as though he is the most evilest husband to ever exist on the planet. Everyone is just calling into question his his dealings with my Myla and whether or not he's a, you know, a pay attention father. I mean, Andre comes after him, but oh, you left your wife with your, and listen, we all know that Andre is a great dad. Not everybody could be an Andre. Ed is not an Andre. Like Bilal's not going to be an Andre. Like, go ahead. But Andre is not a provider yet. Unless he is, I don't know. But Jovi's making money. They call Jovi a provider. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, okay. I just want to give Jovi something. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, he's a provider, but he also is very, I think, he's, he, whatever his culture is or whatever his background is when it comes to men helping kids, women raise kids, it's not one where the provider is expected to help with the family. You're right. And I guess I'm just a little like, I know, I know women who, when they've had their kids, their husband has been the sole provider. Like they've, they took two years off 
to raise their children. Even within that relationship, because the man gets time away to not have to manage the children, like when he gets home from work, his duty is to immediately take over the rearing of the kids while the lady goes to work. I mean, while the lady goes, maybe works out, has some her time because she's been with them all day. He bathes them. They both put them to bed. And so for me, I guess I just like the idea that even though you're a provider, that doesn't mean that you don't relieve your wife sometimes of the, you know, because children, I mean, they're a lot. No, they're so, yeah, I, I think I like that they gave him that bit of it. I think you're right. Um, then we get to the point where um, someone keeps saying, that, I think it's Yara, she keeps using the word impregnated. And I'm like, no, just pregnant, just pregnant. Stop saying impregnated. <laughs> Sounds like a social experiment. Sounds like a like a doctor came and did something to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I also love it when she messes up the word clone for clown. When oh, she yeah. calls, she was like, Ed, Ed is such a clone. And I was like, then Joby's like clown. She's like, oh yeah. clown, you know. I, yeah. So, um, jo listen. Yeah, Yara loves her new boobies, you know. Um, and also two things happen in this Yara. So two things happen that are major in this Yara Joby segment. One is this conversation with Miss Gwen, uh, and there's two parts of that. A, the Miss Gwen, uh, whether she feels like she was put on blast for not being a good grandmother, and she tries to defend herself that she lives two hours away, and she loves being with Mila, but she's not. Um, a, a nanny, and B, she can't be a step-in mother for Yara because, you know, she's like a 52-year-old woman who has her whole life. So that's one thing. And then also that they had purchased property, and that property was to be close to Jovi and Yara, and now Jovi and Yara want to move, but we already knew that Yara hated Louisiana, so, like, that could be expected. The other part of this segment is that we bring on the, like, dot, like, the, uh, the like, less fun Yara friend, the one of the ones that like told her that she needed uh to leave Joby because she's better than him. Now, that friend like is neither here nor there. I forgot her name, but the other friend that had that like dress was the one that said all the shit and we can't talk to her and the producers won't say why. It's because I feel like she's still in prison. She got wrapped up in a whole ass. Did you know that? Yes. That girl Okay, wait a minute. First of all, let me name them. The one who we saw, her name is Symphony. The one who we didn't see, her name is Adele. Go forth. Okay, so Adele was the one that's like, yeah. Remember Adele was like, Yara, you could literally just be anywhere because you're so hot. And like some rich guy will just walk by and be like, that one. Okay, so that one, that girl. Supposedly got wrapped up in like some either like drug ring where her boyfriend slash guy was like picked up and so was she like she is not available and i cannot believe the producers of the show didn't even like tell us why because it's you know yummily deliciously horrible and it's i don't want that for her but because she came on as this vapid vile like mm -hmm, you're so whatever you know like it's just kind of it's so mildly hilarious so it would have been great to really be able to like talk about it but that's not what we get to talk about well yeah, I mean, Adele, to me, I only saw her on one episode, so I feel like it would be kind of crazy to, of them to to kind of bust open her life like that on national TV and tell everybody that she got picked up. Um, every time I think about, like, these shows, like, I think, oh, I can't, I shouldn't be on a reality show because I just don't want anyone to bust open my life and have something that I forgot happened or, like, am not a proud of and it's still on the internet somewhere, just pop up, like, oh, hell no. Anyways, so... 
I hate the conversation about Jovi thinking that somebody influences Yara like she's some vapid idiot. Um, then uh, we have a conversation where they did, they, you know, Andre says that Jovi's ugly and uh, <laughs> <laughs> then everyone's like, that's that not it. nice. That's not nice. And <laughs> Andre's like, I'm just saying you are better looking than this fuck face here with his teeth. And I said, wow, Andre, I mean, it's easy for Andre to call somebody ugly because like, he's just not that. Um, so we move on and Ed decides that he wants his, um, some more minute in the light. And he starts to like, just go in on everybody. And then Jenny's like, Ed, you're not perfect. Like he, she just couldn't take it. And she's like, and, um, <laughs> wait, 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 please. I want you to actually see the words. Okay. So she's saying like, I can talk if I want to add, you can't tell me what my turn is. You know, <laughs> you're so perfect. You, what are you saying? You had, I, you had your turn. My turn is whenever I want my turn. Yeah. <laughs> Ed is obviously a nightmare and it's, and it's true. Like we've been saying this, it's crazy for Ed to open his mouth against anyone because he is so horribly monstrously ugly on the inside and outside and, and treats everyone even worse than he looks like that's the, but you know, like the worst, the, the part about Ed that makes him. Yeah. The, that we get to talk about him is how horrible he acts you know because it's if he just looked that horrible honey we wouldn't be able to say shit you know but we can say it because and that god bless so yeah it's 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 actually funny that it takes jenny to kind of be like who are you and i just kind of wished that there was someone to just really early on be like look ed and i mean look at yourself literally ed don't say shit because you can't back it up literally because you are so small you wouldn't be able to back up anything not i mean you can't but also because your opinion doesn't mean anything and yara kind of says that right yara's like ed comes at yara too and yara's like look at you like why would i take your opinion of over anything it's just you can just literally close your mouth like you are wasting your breath because it's one ear at the other i i won't take you seriously everything you possibly say about me i'll take the opposite because it's like who are you to think anything's right every choice you've made from the inside and outside that i've ever seen seems to be just a laughably bad choice yeah and the producers won't allow that to be the narrative they continue to amplify ed's voice and it's very frustrating yeah. and so uh then uh we have everybody clucking and including jenny and everyone goes after ed and then that's the end of the tell-all, I guess. Like, then they're like, guys, it's over. So then we go to the <gasps> I was surprised, right? Like, wait, wait, can I ask one yeah. Because we don't even care about the actual tell-all, because the tell-all is neither here nor there, and there's, like, everything happening on and off screen, when they actually, quote-unquote, end the show, I was, like, surprised. Like, that's it? Oh, that's... What an anticlimactic ending to what's supposed to be this, the tell-all. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, don't we miss the days of like Anfisa and George and like oh, Pedro and Chantel? Like we just miss the days where it like made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's not nice talking about Jovi's face. You know, it's just like so un unfortunate. So then we have a moment where Jovi and Andre talk after the tell-all. I did not watch that. I like saw it happen and I walked away. And then um, 
<laughs> Jenny and uh, Jenny, Yara and Kim are in a conversation and they're going to all get in the car. But then Jenny also, I mean, Kim also says something really older, <laughs> like an old thing to say. She's like, I like your pocketbook. And I'm like, wow, pocketbook, you know, <laughs> God bless <laughs> you. It's a handbag at this point in our lives. It's a purse also, but a pocketbook, it is no longer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah my dad <laughs> calls and God bless my dad calls. This is so old school. This is like Lassie. My dad calls the refrigerator the refrigerator. No, the ice box. Aww. The ice. It's in the ice box. The thing is, though, he's not even that. He he he's not that age. He's not that age. He's the he's a refrigerator. His he calls it an ice box because your sweet grandma called it an ice box. <laughs> Michael, do you want to drink again? Get it from the ice box. You know, oh like, it's so cute. It's my dad says ice box, and it's like so crazy. Like you, you mean like stainless steel you know french door blah but i'm gonna pull out whatever it's just lol but yeah you know what i used to say for a very long time and it's because my mother used to say it ready teller an atm used to be called a ready teller that was its first name like a teller like at the bank that's ready so i called it a ready teller for a very long time yeah i would never heard of i've never heard ready ask your dad if he's heard of it okay ask dad no i'm just kidding (laughs) ask him if he's heard of ready teller but anyways that's what i called it too so that's a very that's funny um so then they have the conversation in the car where kim has is is has a very good angle on her I almost didn't recognize her the angle of the camera in that vehicle where they're driving to the rooftop it is the exact angle it needs to be on her at all times, which unfortunately is very high. It was very like Paula Abdul promise of a new day. (laughs) (laughs) So she's in there talking about, swear to God, like, you know what I mean? Swear to God. You you know what I mean? Like this is, I mean, you know what I mean? I was thinking like, oh my God, it can't be over. Maybe he's going to propose to me right now. We're like, Kim, girl, he's not going to propose to you. Uh, So they get to believe that she was like, yeah, like, I, I mean, when she said that, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's something that if your best friend said that to you after like watching whatever, you'd slap her. You, I mean, like, I think like, well, I would slap your face, you know, <laughs> like just to wake you up, you know, just to be like, I think that I have to slap my best friend right now because I need her to feel the physical sting and pain of how badly she would hurt if she continues down that road of thought. I mean, and then she's like, Jenny, you know, you really hurt my feelings by saying that Usman doesn't love me. And Jenny's like, well, I didn't say that. I said that he loves you as a friend. I didn't say he didn't love you, period. I could have said it, but I didn't. And we're just like, okay, Jenny. Um, so anyways, they get to the rooftop bar and uh, Angela pulls up in a cat, a red cat suit. I mean, like she fully just like, and I listen, I couldn't be mad at the titties were hanging right. I mean, they were out and she had to have like nipple pads on them to not have them actually show. But um, <clears throat> she then makes a joke um, about uh, moving to Florida to marry Chuck. And I was like, oh, hot take, Angela. Hot take. I almost, I, <clears throat> when she said that, I feel like, she also should have like winked at the producers like this Michael thing doesn't work out. And I know that family day Libby always wanted to have a, a, a whatever it's called a tangential show and spinoff spinoff. And I kind of like me a little Andre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, 
Uh, I, sorry, I jumped back for just a bit. Now we're at the rooftop bar and um, Ed walks up and he gets a drink from the guy and the guy's like, my name is Valentino. And he's like, oh, are you Italian? And the guy's like, no, I'm Mexican. He's like, me too. And this is exactly, somebody tried to fight me. I don't know if it was you or in the comment section. Somebody tried to fight me when I said that Ed doesn't think of himself as being Mexican. Like he doesn't own it in a way. Like he thinks of him, he, he maneuvers through the world as though he's a white man. He, um says i'm mexican too and then says oye como va and tu estupido and i said that i i don't did you see do you know what i'm talking about yeah this is i mean it's, i think it's the same he says also the way go too like he's not he's not keyed in to his culture he in fact makes fun of it as though he's not fucking mexican yes like his mother doesn't fully have an accent like yes. and is mexican like she's not even pretending to not be mexican she's fully living the mexicana life like so it's just really i don't know who it wasn't i don't know if it, it wasn't you but i was on a live or i was talking about it and somebody was like well he is wa and i'm like no he doesn't identify and this was to me a very perfect example of someone who maybe is coping maybe he didn't want to be associated with mexicans because he's from south i mean san diego growing up and so he just decided to make fun of mexican people but that is exactly what he did to that man and it was just so disgusting that even yara was like how fucking rude yes Ab absolutely like even if he doesn't speak spanish and like i don't speak arabic so and this happens a lot like i'll meet someone i'll be like oh you're lebanese and this or syrian or whatever arab and this person will be like yes and i don't speak arabic right so but if i say anything to them it's not like oh well la 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 habibi you know it's not like <laughs> i would be like oh well shukran you know and it's like i'm saying i speak a little bit of arabic and the way you can say i'm saying it which is I'm connecting and not being like, oh, huh, um, you know, Wallace, you know, I can't think, you know, I'm trying to make fun of like the way yeah. I would say Arabic in such like a off kind of like almost is almost like I'm making, yeah, like a white person not knowing how to speak Arabic and wanting to really like point that out with a bad accent to be like, it's I mean, but thing. then he said, you are stupid as like what he's okay. It's, yeah. it's I can't even go into it because I, you guys know what I'm talking about, but he's yeah. specifically <laughs> making fun of the way certain like Chicanos may speak and especially, and specifically women like that as stupid is like, it's <laughs> like a woman thing. I don't know. He's just a fucking animal asshole so Bilal, yes he is Bilal feels asshole. like uh after the tell-all that he's like took a big poop and now his bowels are clear um Angela comes in and then Jovi asks her about Michael and she has again another conversation where we all think her her yellowing bottom teeth are just going to fly out of her mouth but it doesn't then Jovi wants to talk to Ed they're wearing matching shirts and then he's like I already talked about this in the car I don't want to talk about it again and Jovi's like you could get your ass beat and I'm um, like, well, no one's going to actually fight Ed, which is why he says the things that he said, because if Ed actually did get knocked upside the head as much as he should be, then he would shut his fucking chin lip up. He needs it. Yeah, I'm not calling for violence. Listen, I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling. I'm not calling for violence. So it's like, whatever. I'm just saying that if Ed doesn't watch himself and he continues to be disrespectful to other people in such a way there is a possibility that someone won't feel bad about 
hitting about punching down literally okay so i want to also say so when liz comes in liz also is wearing another bad cheap horrible hooker dress i mean not in a bad i mean just a dress where it's like girl like where do you where are you going like where do you think you're going are you i like are, i mean this dress isn't even classy like it isn't even like a, a fun stripper dress or like a like there's no fun to it look it's like horribly cheap material we end up finding out that ed bought it for her so that's why she's wearing it you know i get it it's like i don't know i don't get it here's my thing i don't okay. understand um like here's a like um, the one the pink one i hated it too i don't think those dresses look right on her body and i don't want to body shame but i'm trying to figure out where the disconnect is for me it doesn't give and maybe because we're living in a world now where it's all about like shape and um so to put her in a tube dress and then have her to continue to look like a tube is really an interesting choice for me they're too short they're they're and they're honest, those they're dresses aren't for most people like no matter it's like i think those dresses are just cheap they make everyone look cheap yeah they're too short. I mean, the listen, the color and I thought the sparkle of it was everything. But that spaghetti strap with the like straight across is not doing anyone any favors, especially not her. I just want her to buy a dress that's flattering for her body as opposed to a dress that I think she thinks she should be wearing. Like, I feel like the dress is very much 2008. Like mm -hmm. she should be wearing like a thick, chunky, like platform heel um, with a uh, just like I'm not with a platform in the front and like a thin heel in the back and be like running through Penn Station trying to get the last pass train back to New Jersey. Ooh, hot take. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then we have a, a converse a moment with again fucking Liz and Jenny and um, whatever the two old ladies, the three oh. old ladies on the couch talking the about their, their dry vaginas. Chris, this so. is the best scene. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right now, every other part of this horrible tell all pales in comparison to this scene. This is the best scene. And it involves Liz, who is like neither here nor there. And it is just going to represent like, if this is the view, she represents the youth character. Mm -hmm. Then there's Jenny, who we've obviously had a little bit of her sex life, which we never really like got into. I wish that Sean Robinson had made Jenny and Sumit talk about their sex life and Karma Sutra and what they've talked about. Like that was one of the funner par parts of the season. We never talked about it because again, the tell all now doesn't make any, it isn't the tell is neither here nor there. So like none of the questions that really would be asked on a normal tell all to me like they're not asked because yeah. it's not about that anymore. So yeah, but even so it's okay. So I'm only saying that we had all of that backstory of like Jenny Sumit's entire Kama Sutra and none of it's talked about. So yeah. anyway, so then Kimberly, obviously another sex uh, themed woman where we talked about her yammy all the time with um, Usman, like, you know, we talked about her sex life a lot. Angela brings up her sex life a lot too. So Yes. One of the things, and I've talked about this, is that they made Angela, and I think it was a calculated effort to be palatable, more palatable to the audience. And the way that they did that is, A, make her seem empathetic and sensitive that she is the victim of Michael's cheating and have mm -hmm. him even take mm -hmm. responsibility and blame of it. And then also, B, have her, I feel like, whether and we can talk about this, whether you think that her relationship with Kimberly during this tell all is genuine 
or calculated in order to show a the camaraderie between two women who are as you all said the ideal demographic of this age-wise of this show show. and b like their connection over the fact that they have like a somewhat similar storyline would be like um would make them human so yeah. anyway, whether you think that connection between Kimberly and Angela is real or not, now these four ladies like bring in that energy. So they're talking about sex. So we will talk about what I just said also, but also the sex part's really, really fun. Basically, they're like, what's your sex life? What's your sex life? And, that, and I, that's why, of course, I liked it. I was like, this is the conversations I've been wanting to have. Like, what is your sex life, Jenny? They make her like talk about it. She's like, well, so it's very nice. He massages me or whatever, you know, like, and I was like a half Debbie, half Jenny. I mean, I'm so sorry, Jenny. That wasn't really. Oh, that wasn't that's, you, this is what you need to think. When you're going to go to go do Jenny, you have to start off with the back of the soft palate like create that arch so like and then there's like a god you have to like let this part of your mouth move so it's like see that sounds like a chicken so yeah i feel like my first thought of when i get into jenny's voice is like how would a chicken sound if a chicken was a lady you know like you know like great i love it i like it that's how i do it uh but you know and so she's like yeah you know he's you know whatever and like oh yeah that seems right you know and then kimberly's like yeah i know yeah that yummy was good he did this move i did teach him some things but this move called the power bike and i was like what the fuck is the power bike and we could talk about what the power bike is to me it's like a motorcycle rail and so this movement or like it feels like he bucked up against her and like you know like he's like you know like revving up a power bike or it could be she's on top and he's on the bottom and she and like they're either holding like his hands are up and they're holding hands there's somewhere somewhere there's handlebars so maybe she's like holding on the bed on the headboard and then he's like um from below but either way it goes i am mad that they don't want to talk about their sex like i want to know i want to know jenny and smith are like jenny's like oh i'm getting oh we don't talk about we have fine sex i'm like no jenny is it always him on top because you remember we the, he didn't want she didn't want to do other things in fact when she did get on top she busted his navel or something so like i want to know is it that every time he expects her to be on top and is it because of her like age rage and her demographic and just the kind of lady she is that she's just like ladies always lay on the bottom like does she give him head i want to know because i'm like wh- how is your sex satisfying yeah. And then, then we have Kimbali and Usman and then Kimbali's like, I've had to show him some things, but then she wants to make it seem like he's naturally good. And I'm like, well, isn't he supposed to be a virgin? Cause he's like Muslim or whatever. So like how many women has, you know, and then they both admit well, that like the men are just supposed to come in and get naked and like grunt on top of you. And Angela said, no, I had to stop that immediately and teach him some stuff about, you know, what you need to do. Because as much as we're older ladies, Liz is over here like a water fountain, but us, you have to like maneuver and play with us in order for our love come down like to get it like wet and so i'm just like tell us more tell me more about all of this because debbie would have told us don't you think wait i have so many fucking questions a it's not like you said age rage which was so funny to me b is love come down about that oh yeah love coming down is um oh you make my love come down Maybe <gasps> go all the way down oh my god it's like it's like making either you come obviously 
Yeah. Change oh your whole my world, God. I didn't know it until like, that's why I'm like, is washing over me. Um, <laughs> also, of course, but, you know, Usman had, dry, had I mean, dry effed baby girl Lisa. So like, he wasn't a virgin. He knew about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew about it. But I didn't even know about that, that dry vag life, honey. He's been doing that. Vet. You know, he, that power bike Kimberly likes, like he, you know, he got that bike from baby girl Lisa. It's like this. He's laying on his back. His hands are up, like holding, maybe holding her boobies while he's like, and if you guys wanted to see the visuals of what you're just hearing right now, you could do so on patreon.com slash doggy sweeties. Okay. I don't think that she's on top. Okay. I don't think that she's on top. Okay. So, so I think that she's in the back. Okay. So I think jackrabbiting. Then they're jackrabbiting. It's no, no, I think don't call it. Okay. Listen, I think that she's in the, on the, on the, Okay, guys, if you were on Patreon, you'd be able to see that Chris is now laying on her back with her legs up. Put her legs up a little bit because Mm -hmm. then he would grab the legs and then he'd be the rider, right? And he could, like, you know, like maneuver around the track and her legs are the handlebars. Oh, so her legs are at a 90 degree angle while he's in between them and his hands are like holding onto her knees. And it can't, yeah, his hands are holding onto her knees and then her head is just hitting up against the board. The headboard. Okay. Oh. Great. What do I what do I do for that ten dollars a month? <laughs> so, uh, so basically, that's the best scene in the entire tell-all. That's really really fun, and you're just like, oh my god, yes. And like, who else? In my mind, I'm like, oh, let's have him. He's like, no one actually. First of all, one other thing I want to say is, no, Liz is not a waterfall, not a Niagara Fall. Do you know who Liz is having sex with? Ed. I can't. I mean, like, she also tried to say something really quick about him, and I didn't rewind it, but she was like, no, I had to like. I still am teaching him. He doesn't even know how to kiss. That's what she said. I want to and I, I don't want to think about them having sex. I don't want to think about how he finds his penis in order to pee because his belly what is in penis? the way. I don't want to think what about penis? any of these things. There's no such thing. I don't want to think about it, but I am. Yara says something like, you know, yeah, like it's like a man who doesn't have a, has a small dick and tries to buy like a fast car, you know, like Yara you are having Ed's number and having Angela like not her, her subtle digs at Angela. Yara is thankfully, I mean, the voice of reason. She's the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Kim though says, take it from an old wise woman. And I was like, Kim, you are not wise. And then she says something <laughs> stupid after that. She says, while you're feeling looking good and feeling snatched, go break up with him and like throw your wine on him and flip him off. That's what I would do. And I'm like, wise old but wise the kimberly school of throwing a drink i mean like what is it girl about you and drinks now having said that when she did say that it did cut to ed and he is you know wearing a white shirt and holding like a glass of red wine and then i did was like well that'd be a great jackson pollock painting if i could just but you know but yeah i mean then but that that's the problem so let me say this when you do improv there's like this thing where it's like, if you introduce the concept of a gun, you have to fire the gun. This is like a theater, you know, like, because then there's like a weird, it's like, you know, like the gut, there, there's something that you just, that never gets paid off. Yeah. When they said this, I was like, well, that white linen shirt better be, I mean, covered in that mile back in like two seconds. And it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. So what a horrible, I mean, yeah, what a non-payoff. 
Basically yeah. at that point, Ed then comes in to where, okay, so then, so let me get this. So then Liz is like, okay, let me go get another drink. So she parades her like dress that Ed bought her in front of the bar. And then Ed sees her and then she walks back to where the ladies are. And then Ed like is drunk with the glass, comes back in and is like, hey, you want to talk? She's like, it'd be very rude. I'm in the middle of a conversation. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. I have to go back to Boston. She's like, peace and everyone's like why would you be on his time and his whole thing is like yeah i'm going to boston we're supposed to go back together but i have to go to a, speak to a speaking engagement, engagement. and Let's we all together, were like Chris. one two three speaking, speaking engagement. engagement why who is asking this man to speak i want to know the institution so that i can immediately write them off as garbage <sighs> okay we hate I mean, it okay we hate it it was so online. it was so stupid and then he's like well you know she doesn't want to talk so i'm gonna go and she's like i can still hear you i thought you were leaving then he goes back to his um room and packs his bags and says that he's gonna give the engagement ring to his daughter and that he really tried with liz but you know this is the last straw he doesn't want her to go to boston because he doesn't want to argue with her so then he tells producers to get her her own plane Take it home. She reads this in front of the girls and every, um, I don't know, but she starts to cry. I don't know, girl, she does something. And then um, it, 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 after that, we have a moment where Angela goes to Valentino, the bartender, and asks if he's married. He says, how'd you guess? And I'm like, he's doing the Lord's work. They said we needed a bartender who is able to go back and forth and banter in case, you know, in case the cast tries to go at him. And then he's, then Angela's like, oh, well, do you have a brother? And he's like, no. And Angela's like, well, I'm, I think I'm about to get divorced. And I think, you know, I, I want to have really wild sex with somebody new because I've only been having sex with the same dick for five years. And um, then we're just like, oh, Jesus. Um, uh, so <clears throat> we find out that Liz has just gotten a license plate that says Big Ed's Girl. Oh. And we're just like, oh, you deserve everything that comes yep. your way. Yep. This was a, th you deserve everything that comes your way that you got a license plate that looks like this. And she's like, I just think I'm going to go home and work my butt off. And, you know, I want to be a good example for my daughter. Too late, bitch. Too fucking late. We, ha we have, not we, some people have now watched you for two seasons be treated poorly and act a fool on TV. You are already not a good example for your daughter. And um, that's unfortunate. So Kim's talking about flying to Nigeria for sex, and uh, that's really the last that I watch. I don't, I don't, I don't know what else happens. I uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't remember that Liz had a daughter because I don't watch that. So I was like, oh, yeah, no. those dress, oh, are every part of it. No, those dress, no, I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all. But um, I wonder what Sean does after this. Like, what's her day job? Yeah, I mean, is it is it just these tell-alls? It can't be. Right? She's got to have, yeah, she's got to have something else. Um, I, I really feel like with Angela, because there's another scene that happens, right? So I had hinted at it, but just to make sure, there's a scene between Angela and Kimberly that happens. Because oh, they go to smoke. And yeah. they, they don't acknowledge that Kim is smoking, even though we can hear it in her voice. Uh, but Angela is the one with the Virginia Slim out. Mm -hmm. And it ha they, it's very much like Angela trying to be like, nah, I don't want to uh, offend you because we're friends and I really like you, but um, 
how do I say this? But Usman lies. And I know I could be wrong. It's just my idea, my, my thoughts. I'm just putting you know, it out there. You know, and Kimberly is like, I know, but also, you know, it's just like, it's. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I did not like this scene. Like this, I didn't not like this scene. If the producers set this up, then they have my number because it felt real. And obviously we both, I know these women <laughs> in the sense, not personally, but we know their stories and they are somewhat similar. They obviously have similar themes. And to watch these two women who might've thought that they were going to come to blows, like have connections I may be happy because I am a someone that likes, you know, when people connect and like when everything is not so divisive. So like, obviously I understand that Angela is a nightmare and Kimberly is um, weird and no saint, but like just as a human watching the show and like knowing characters, it made me happy to have these two women kind of find a camaraderie within each other. You know what? That's really sweet of you. You're like, <laughs> I don't like when things are, are not derisive. And I'm like, not that I, not that, listen, I don't, I, I, maybe I don't enjoy a full kumbaya moment. I am somebody who gets anxious when I feel like people aren't being honest with what they are, what their intentions are. And so I, yeah, I can't, I, yeah, because I know that Angela threatened Kim time and time again, and that Kim in turn threatened something that I know she would never follow through on. To Angela, time and time again, this conversation of them together feels very fake girl, whatever. And that doesn't provide me comfort. I want, I, I like the fact that Kim was like, who knew that we would be in this space? And Angela's like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I said, I was gonna beat your ass. And, blah, blah, blah. and I said, that is what I need is for Ange for Kim to then just be honest and say, yeah, you know, I was calling you the queen and, and telling everybody to ignore you because you thought you were all that. I want it to fully be truthful before they can have this kumbaya moment between two contemporaries and two peers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the, that's where I did. So I like, I, I think that you're very lovely in the fact that you're just like, listen, let's just water under the bridge and keep it moving. We don't have to talk about all the awkward. We don't have to like go into it. Like if we just make the decision to move forward as, as friends, then let's do that. Like, that's really sweet of you. Um, I, I like a little bit more chaos, I think, in my life. Um, also, um, the room was unacceptable. The clutter. Uh, whose room and was I that? Just, Is that Angela's? I don't, I don't know whose room it was. It was just so cluttered. It's New York City, so it's the dirtiest city in the, in the world. And they're just w sitting in there with clothes on the bed. I mean, Shida sat on the bed in clothes, too, and I was upset. But at least their room was clean. Like, you guys don't understand how dirty New York City is. And for anyone to, like, walk in with their outside shoes just on the carpet in their in their hotel. Take over. No, she can't. <gasps> I have a hiccup. She can't do it. So we both we both had our bodies turned against us. Yeah. Um, Shai and Bilal go back to their room. And, like, he puts, there's, like, flowers or something. Like, right? There's petals and chocolates and shit. Like, I don't oh, know. It's, like, the worst. They really, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they want us to be sympathetic to Angela. And then the end of this tell all really is like Bilal and Shy, the perfect coops. He's going to learn to start sharing that money and he's going to put a baby in it. Now he wants to put a baby in it and she's doing yoga. And, she, you know, so now, like on Instagram and stuff, 
fast forward, people think that maybe she's already pregnant because she has some pictures of her doing yoga with like a very loosey, bluesy, blousey, blousey. So they're like, we're going to make a baby tonight when there could be babies now. So like they're, it felt, I don't know. It felt um, like wanting to set up something for us, whatever that's going to be. So that kind of did happen. I mean, yeah, like they have a great night, you know, they, whatever, you know, Yara, and Jovi talked, Jovi expresses to Yara that he was upset because she didn't apologize for laughing when her friends were like, so yeah, when they replayed the scene, when her friends were like, Jovi knows that like, you're so much better than him. Like you're so much hotter than him. And you're she's out like, of his <laughs> yeah, you're out of his league. And she still didn't know what the word league. She kept saying leak. I don't know what out of leak means. So yeah, she, he's like, yeah, you didn't say you're sorry for like laughing and not like having my back. So she contends that she did say sorry. And then he's dumb for like, whatever, like, what do you, what do you want from me? Yovi, you know, whatever. Oh, I said Yovi, it's Jovi. Um, that's like the scene that happens basically, you know, it's interesting. It's like, there's nothing for Jenny and Summit to do, right? Like Jenny just kind of is, is around there clucking around. Like they're not going to have her have like a Jenny Summit FaceTime that is any sort of drama, you know, because there's nothing yeah. to be said. Same thing with Aunt Andre and Libby. Like yeah. Andre has nothing to do but kind of walk around and judge people because Libby is, you know, about to make a baby for them back at home. He can't just like start, you know, anything on a FaceTime. So yeah, it's weird a little bit for them. Yeah, it is. Um, I, the, the last scene I see is Angela in a cab in a, in a black suburban saying that, uh, that she is going to definitely file for divorce, but she may not sign. And I'm like, Oh my God, are they really trying to give her her own show? Cause like we already mm -hmm. have, well, I don't know if the family Chantel is going to come back, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. so right now I think what the only thing we have is David and Annie and Darcy and Stacy as a, as a possible spinoff. So there is one's more, there's a space open for, <laughs> for another family spinoff and so I'm just like if I don't want it to be Angela but like if it is don't we have to watch it you've made this case before you know and you're good you're a good lawyer so listen um if it's Libby and Andre I can't I won't be able to I like uh, how much Andre do I get <laughs> yeah and what kind of Andre um shirtless Andre Andre yeah. working out Andre how much Megan? Yeah, and how much Megan do I have to have? It's like it's like a the more Andre and the less Megan, I'm happy about it. Yeah, and then um, Annie and David, I am not watching, but I know David's a monk now, which is great. And then Darcy and Stacy um, happen happen on Monday or Tuesday coming up. Happen tomorrow. Yeah, people yeah, love that, it. The reality like gays love it. How'd you like Milf Manor? Oh, it's cringe. It is the cringiest show to ever grace our, it, it is, it, it's, it's on Sunday at 10 PM for a reason. They didn't know if it was going to work and I still don't know if it's going to work. It is, it is, it is cringe. I'm going to watch the second episode today and see if it gets any better. Um, but like, you know, you think, you think it's one thing and the, the spin is, is gross. There's a, there's a, there's a secret or hook that you're, that yeah. you, I don't want to, oh. It's, um, it's, it doesn't me. feel fun. Oh. And then, so that's why I'm saying like, I have, it, 
like maybe they did this in the first episode to upset us all and like cause commotion to get us all talking about it and then perhaps it's gonna get better but let me tell you is that if there's a season two they can't do the same thing because it's it's already been let out of the box it is um okay 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 oh i kind of do love it. it's like that's kind of like too hot to handle like but, the, but then too hot to handle have three other seasons too hot to handle I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't want to give away what, because I don't know what Milk Manor is, but Too Hot to Handle, right? Like, had a bunch of hot people being like, you're going to be on, like, a hot person, tropical dating show, and then they get there, and they're like, you know, like, then they're like, okay, uh, and the thing is, you can't touch. And they're like, what? You know, and they can't fuck, or whatever. Yeah, that's what happened in, um, not Too Hot to Handle, but there's a Netflix version of it, too. Um, it's, it's, it's not Too Hot to Handle. It is, ugh. There's a Netflix version of the same thing where they, so these things aren't even real. Like, I mean, I know that like that, you know, Married at First Sight is not real. They, they hold like castings for it. Like they, they end up reaching out to people who they know are single through the like reality show circuit, but there's just like a circuit of characters that they have like cycled through. And I feel like Milf Manor is I, at least one of them. She's auditioned for very many reality show in the past. Um, So like, yeah, it's um it is um it is these yeah, these love reality shows especially with these young people is them thinking that they're going to be on some kind of matchmaking show but just not knowing what the criteria is. So it could either be one about your um your astrology sign. Your your there's there's an astrology one that's on Netflix. Then there is all of the beach ones, you know, that are on all the various shows. So yeah. Milf Manor is similar in the fact that uh, we have we see one woman first, and then when we see the second woman come out, the first woman is like, "Oh, I thought I was going to see men. I didn't know I would see other women." And I'm like, "Oh, did you, baby, did you think that you were going to be the contestant on a show and just be surrounded by men, young men that you were going to no? Okay, so that's one thing." And then the next thing is that she's like immediately like, oh, well, I'm prettier than her. And I'm like, baby girl, you are 65 years old. Like, why, why, oh, you're of that generation where women fought each other for men. So you're already sizing up the competition in a way that as my young millennial brain goes, Ugh, no, women don't fight over men anymore. At least not in public. Oh, gotta pick me. Okay, okay. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I will dabble. You, you need to watch it when you have when you are literally on your way to sleep or something. Like, not I know, not you, but like you need to watch it when because you're gonna get up and you're gonna walk away and you might not come back. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna hate it. I you don't think I'm gonna like it. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, we, you and I have never been put in this position before. And so I don't know what you would think about it. Wow. I'm fascinated. Okay. My loves. Well, <clears throat> lot on the docket. However, uh, we just are so happy. 20 minutes. Watch the first 20 minutes, Chris, just put it on Oh yeah. and, and just like, let it play. And then like watch. And then if you don't want to watch it after 20 minutes, I see, I understand. Boy, bye. Milk, bye. Um, uh, okay, my loves. Well, we um, are happy to have given you five months of our lives following this 90 Day Fiance season. We can't believe it. But, um, and I mean, do we have a little break? No, because Toe is right behind, right behind. <laughs> toe and H-E-A, Toe's Toe's. So it's like literally right behind H-E-A, honey. 
till was the next the next train. So um, we will be there for Choo Choo. And if you want to follow us on social media, please do. You're welcome to follow us on Instagram at DocuSweeties or TikTok at DocuSweeties or Twitter at DocuSweeties1 and like all of our stuff and give us five stars. And if you want to see what it looked like when we tried to give you what we thought the power bike sexual position looked like you can wow how do they do it um patreon.com slash docusweeties where you could see the visuals of everything that you're hearing all the grunting and all the clucking that you weren't able to you know see and maybe visualize because you don't know what we look like maybe you do maybe you don't um you would go to patreon.com slash docusweeties it's ten dollars a month support your girls you get exclusive content right now we've got three docuseries that are up there that are not on our free feed and um they're they're really good killer sally is fucking great um and they're gonna go up you know one of these days so we <laughs> thank you so much um for all of your support don't forget to give us five stars and we will see you next week for toe and if you want to listen to something else from us go back and listen to love after lockup because that's already up as well so we'll see you next week you guys have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you later bye